He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. eyes unclouded by hate hello everybody does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice yeah she does and as always we're here trying to listen to it and unfortunately you have to listen to my voice as i'm trying to listen to hers but maybe together we'll actually hear what she's trying to say because you should never take any human being at face value when they talk about spiritual things because only one person can talk for God, and that's God. Okay? <laughs> I always feel like I have to start with that. Anyway, my name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And yeah, there's a lot to talk about today. I have made references to the Beatitudes on a couple episodes, and I actually thought it would be a good thing for us to sit down and actually talk about them today. So what are the Beatitudes? That's a big word <laughs> that refers to a passage in Matthew chapter 5, the beginning of the Sermon of the Mount, where if you pick it up, you'll notice almost every verse begins, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And these together constitute the Beatitudes. And they're very important in our understanding of both what Jesus thought we should be and what Jesus wanted us to do in this world. So we're going to go through them one by one and have a little chat because they're very instructive. And to me, in so many ways, this is, when I read this, this to me is the creed that Jesus taught. Um, the Beatitudes actually appear in two places. They also appear in the Gospel of Luke, in the Sermon in the Valley. And a lot of scholars believe that this was basically Jesus's stump speech, if you will. That he would go around and preach the same thing in each place because they had never heard it before. And the reason we see it appear in both Matthew and Luke in different places and with slightly different wording for some of them, though <clears throat> it's not significantly different wording. It, it shows that this is the core teachings that Jesus went around and spread. And that would be for the whole Sermon on the Mount. Today, we're just focusing on um, the Beatitudes at the beginning. We may actually go through and do the whole Sermon on the Mount because I don't actually hear a lot of Christians talking about what Jesus had to say about things. And, you know, it's kind of important, at least to me. So beginning in verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This one, I, for, for me is one of such great interpretation that I, I've seen so many people take this in different ways. So 
I'm going instead of quoting a whole bunch of different people here, I'm just going to kind of give you what over the years has become my synthesis on what this means. When when I hear blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus almost always talked about the poor and contrasted them with the rich. And this is something that gets lost in a lot of interpretations of modern Christianity who want to believe that God is a divine vending machine in the sky who just gives you money, gives you money, gives you money, gives you money because God wants you to be wealthy. God wants you to prosper. No, God wants you to be taken care of. That's a different thing. And God actually warns through Jesus the dangers of being rich. We all know the famous parable, it's easier for a rich man, for an um, camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. When the rich man comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to be saved? He says, go and sell everything that you have and give to the poor and then come and follow me. And when we look at the beginning of the book of Acts, we see that the congregation there in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 have all sold everything that they that belonged to them and are living together in community. This is a major theme in Jesus's writing. I'm sorry, in Jesus's message and will actually become a repeated theme that Paul picks up and has a hard time with since he was spending most of his time talking to wealthy merchants. So blessed are the poor in spirit, to me, refers to not exactly how much wealth you have, but that, as Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters, you cannot worship God and mammon, you cannot worship God and money. And so the poor in spirit are those who honestly don't care about their wealth. They're not trying to, as Jesus said, hoard up treasures on earth where moth, where moth eats and rust withers away, but are, as Jesus taught, storing up their treasures in heaven. And so our first blessing here is to the poor in spirit, those who are content with what they have. They may be trying to have more, but they're not motivated by greed. They're not motivated by that lust and avarice to continue to hoard and hoard more wealth, no matter who they harm in the process. Those who are poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This is an important one, and it's one that I've had different discussions with different people about because when we say mourning there are many reasons people feel that they should not mourn loss and most of them cause harm to the person who is refusing to mourn the mourning process be that for, and you can mourn for a family member who has died, you can mourn for a pet that's died, you can mourn for a favorite object that's been broken. You know, I've known people 
that mourned for a car that finally broke down and was, you know, irreparable. There, there are many reasons to mourn. A friend who was unjustly accused of crimes he didn't commit and sent to jail. There are many reasons to mourn. And what this beatitude tells us is, go ahead, mourn. You will be comforted. You shall be comforted. And that comfort can come through your friends, through your family, through the Holy Spirit, through the blessed saints who often hold us in their hearts and soothe our aches and pains. But sometimes that comfort comes from a wrong being righted. Sometimes justice is what brings comfort comfort to those who mourn. And that's a part of who we are. We're not afraid to feel loss because it motivates us to do better. But we don't let ourselves get mired in that loss. Because blessed are the mourn. Blessed, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. Ah, the humble. One of these days I'm probably going to do an entire week on humility. Because humility is a very misunderstood and complex subject. So to be humble means to fill up your proper place. When a lake is humble, it does not flow over its boundaries. When a river is humble, it does not flow where it is not supposed to flow. Now, when I start talking about this, some people think, oh, so those societal strictures that have been placed upon us that tell us, well, girls don't do this and boys don't do that and dot, dot, dot. No, that, that's not what we're talking about at all. We're talking about our proper, natural, real place. And that's very important here. So first of all, when somebody tells you that you should bow to them because they are your leader. No, no, no one is naturally the leader of another. Jesus tells us, do not call anyone master, but your father in heaven. And remember, this was said after somebody came up to him and said, master. They called him master and teacher and rabbi. And he said, do not call anybody master, teacher or rabbi but your father who is in heaven. That's important here. No one on this earth is superior to anyone else. Anyone who places themselves above others is not being humble. Literally, they are taking a position that is not rightfully theirs. So when you see people doing that, and they tell you, be humble, sit down, kneel, obey me. They are not taking their proper place 
and you do not have to listen. That's true humility. Everything in its proper context and everything in its proper place. Nothing above or below. We are equal in the eyes of God. There are no hierarchies amongst humans. And that's very important. So blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. One day we will. Those of us who understand that there is none above another. No one, when we say no one should rise above their station, no one deserves to control the lives of other people. That's well above what we're doing. We're not talking about whether or not people should have jobs or who people should love. We want to talk about not being humble. Telling someone, oh, you're a guy who loves a guy? Well, you shouldn't do that. Oh, that's not humble. You see, same-sex relationships exist in nature. Therefore, they are natural. And if none is being harmed and all are consenting to the relationship, then to blanketly say that that type of relationship should not exist, oh, you've stepped outside your bounds. You are no longer being humble. For whatever exists that is of love is of God, John tells us in the epistles. And whatever is not of love is not of God. Hating other people is not being humble. Because you're not acting in accord with nature. Humility is such a big topic. We really should do at least a full episode on it at some point. But blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. When you start to see how everything actually fits together, it does give you a certain amount of uh, insight into how you should act. There's a wonderful discussion between Bill Moyers and Joseph Campbell in The Power of Myth, where Bill Moyers says, when somebody follows their bliss, unseen hands appear to come out of nowhere and help them. Do you ever feel sorry for those people who don't have the aid of those unseen hands? And Joseph Campbell kind of laughs and he says yes because when you're following that which is naturally in you to do the universe itself comes to your aid and helps you to do it that's a whole part of being humble and like i said we'll we'll talk about that in a future episode blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled now righteousness uh this is such a misapplied term in our world today. Righteousness has come to mean that you blindly obey and follow a checklist that somebody puts in front of you, many times claiming that that checklist is divine in origin when often it isn't, and says, how do you, how do you line up to this checklist? Can, can you check off everything that's on this list? And that's not what we're talking about here. The the word that we're talking about, this righteousness, is being a just person. A person who embodies justice. Remember, God was very clear, right? And what does he demand of you, O mortal, but that you 
do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before your God. Do justice. That's what righteousness is. When we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we hunger and thirst for justice to be done in this world. And when we do that and work for it and want it more than anything and seek it out, we will be filled. When you work for justice, it may take time, but you will get there. That could also be an entire episode known of itself. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Mm. This is that wonderful reciprocity that I have seen enacted in the world on so many occasions. To be merciful is to be forgiving. It is to be kind. It is to have mercy. Sometimes people don't deserve our forgiveness, but we give it anyway because we realize holding on to the anger, holding on to the grudge, holding on to the pain is worse for us than it will ever be for them. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Oftentimes, we will obtain that mercy from others who see our example and act accordingly. But this is one of those places where I really feel like we have to point out for our sisters and brothers who are still mired in the fall redemption tradition that Jesus said, you will be judged by the same measure by which you judge others. So, you know, being merciful is in all of our enlightened self-interest. Just saying blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god oh this is a big one the pure in heart what 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 does it mean to be pure in heart blessed are you O lord who creates in me a pure heart the lord creates within me a pure heart this is one of my favorite prayers and is often a prayer that I say over and over again. Yeah, blessed are you, O Lord, our God. Yeah. So what does it mean to have a pure heart? A pure heart is a clean heart. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that we never do bad things? No, that doesn't mean we never do bad things. Remember, going back to our model, who is Jesus? When a man came up to him and said, good master, he said, why do you call me good? There is none good in this earth. Only your father who is in heaven is good. And that's Jesus speaking. I don't match up to him. <laughs> I'll say that right now. So it doesn't necessarily mean being good. But it does mean being pure. To be pure in heart is to keep our hearts, keep our intentions clean. What do I mean by clean? Trying to live in a world without malice. To not have malice for any. It's, it's the basic golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
It's one of the reasons the intro to this show uses that quote from Princess Mononoke at the very beginning. What are you here for? To see with eyes unclouded by hate. That That's the point of all of this. I, I am here to see with eyes unclouded by hate. Or anger. That's what it means to have a pure heart. And they will see God. How will they see God? Well, we've talked about this before, about the powers of God that operate in the world, and that when we learn to operate with them, we see God. When we see justice, we see God. When we see love, we see God. When we see beauty, we see God. That those energies of God that are active in this world with which we participate, those are the ways that we see God. And if you do not have a pure heart, you'll miss it. If you're not looking for that justice, if you're not looking for that loving kindness, if you're not looking for that wisdom, for that beauty, for that glory, you, you won't see it. It'll just pass you by. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. We've talked about this one at great length before. This is our great calling in this world to be peacemakers, not to bring violence, not to bring war, not to cut people down, not to do any of those things, but to bring peace. It's a sadness, a great sadness that so many of us do not even try to live up to that calling, especially those who dare to use the name Christian who try to divide others. Blessed are the peacemakers, sisters and brothers. Be a peacemaker. Blessed are, the, blessed are those who have been persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I remember back when I was a member of a non-denominational church. That is a hard word to say. Um, they actually held a teaching one day that told us that if we weren't being persecuted, if people didn't actively hate us, then we were not going to heaven because of this verse. And that is not what this says. Blessed are those who are who have been persecuted for righteousness sake. What is righteousness? We just talked about that. It's doing justice. Sometimes doing the just thing isn't popular. Ask almost anybody who has worked for justice. Ask the Nazi hunters who worked for justice how popular they were for the work that they did. Ask those who worked with Dr. King how popular they were. Right? There are many throughout the world who have worked for justice who have been persecuted for it. For in the sakes, there's a man from Saudi Arabia that just got killed in Turkey for righteousness sake. That's a sad thing. That's what this is talking about. Always working for justice. You'll, you'll notice this is a recurring theme in Jesus' teaching. Blessed are you when people reproach you, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
Mm. Again, people can join this to the one before. And I have to say, this is one that has, throughout my life, given me a lot of blessing. I, I have a lot of friends who are atheists and of various other religions. And when they find out about my devotion to Jesus, I, I had one friend who actually looked at me and said, so you don't, you're too smart not to believe science. And I looked at her and I just kind of giggled because I'm like, what, what about being a Christian makes you think I don't believe science? And then I kind of paused and I went, oh, yeah, the, yeah, there are Christians who don't believe science. I'm not one of them. That, that's not me. <laughs> that's, not, that's not where I'm coming from at all. And we had a long talk about my faith and where my faith came from. And while she has not converted, and I don't know that she ever will, um, she understands me now and where I'm coming from. And that went away. But that that... Especially nowadays, I feel like the persecution we get as Christians comes more from those who abuse the name of Christ and either persecute those who are trying to follow the actual teachings of Jesus or from people who are not Christian, who automatically assume when they find out that you believe in Jesus that you're one of those hateful people. You know, I've had so many conversations with people who have said to me, you can't be a Christian because you're not hateful, spiteful, and mean to me. And that breaks my heart because I don't like the idea that anybody claiming to be a Christian would be any of those things. I mean, see above, blessed are the peacemakers, right? Blessed are the humble, blessed are those who show mercy, right? I mean, these are the things we've been talking about. These are the things that Christians are supposed to do according to Jesus himself. And yet... They are things that Christians are not well known for doing. And that, that, that just, oh, that breaks my heart in so many ways. And that's why I wanted to take some time today to talk about the Beatitudes and what they actually say. Because it's a very simple list of things that we can do. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those, I'm sorry, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people reproach you, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely in my name. I'm sorry, for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For this is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It's a very simple set of things that we can do be and uphold. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. And yet, it's some of the hardest things to do. It's not easy to be humble, to be merciful, to be a peacemaker. Believe me, there are times when I want to be anything but a peacemaker. But it's my faith that holds me to this standard. 
And I'm not even going to say a higher standard. Because I th- we'll talk about that when we get to Blessed or Peacemaker in like a full episode context. But, you know, fighting the Nazis in World War II was how we had to bring peace. Because Adolf Hitler was not going to just listen to a stern talking to and stop murdering millions of people. <laughs> Sometimes that's how you have to make peace. But that is the last result, resort. And because you have to start with the attempts at mercy, and you have to start with humility and seeking righteousness, you have to start there. And in everything that we do, my sisters and brothers, let's start there. And so there we have it. That's a brief little introduction to the Beatitudes. And I hope you enjoyed talking about it. If you did, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. I see from my analytics that a lot of you are actually listening to me on Anchor. And that's awesome. If you have a question, a comment, or a topic idea for a future episode, just hit the uh, call-in button. Actually, I don't think it says call-in anymore. I think it just says uh, voice message. But anyway, send me a voice message. It can be up to one minute long, and I would love to hear from you. And keep it clean, because this show is clean. And if it's good, we'll, I'll use it on the show. I would love to actually get more of your feedback and input into what we're doing here. If you like the show and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either the episode or the podcast itself, please do that. That helps the algorithms know that you should share me around, that I should, you know, maybe be seen by other people. And that would be very, very helpful. And thank you for that. Anybody who has already done that. Um, If you have a buck that you'd like to throw my way, depending on the app that you're listening to me on, there may be a... Um, support on anchor button or support button if not if you click on the show notes section you'll see a support on anchor link you can support me there for one dollar five dollars or ten dollars a month and that money goes to me because i would really like to make this spiritual work my full-time job it's something that i've thought about for a long time and it's something that i would love to do but you know i i need to be able to support it you know to do it and yeah so if if you have some money that you could throw my way that would be greatly appreciated but it's not necessary do not feel any pressure whatsoever to do that if you don't have any money and you want to support me just say a little prayer for me that's that's wonderful that helps out a lot too if you know anybody who would like this episode or any of our episodes please share the podcast with them that also helps out a lot and helps the podcast grow And if you want to get resources for anything that we've talked about on the show, you can go to wisdomscry.com. You'll find a lot of stuff there. Um, In fact, over the weekend, I posted a copy of what I called the the Lorica of Creation Spirituality. It's a prayer that I wrote that's kind of a breastplate that you can put on in the morning that goes through the, what I think are the basic prayer (laughs) i kind of use it as my basic prayer practice in a lot lot of ways um i think you might find it handy we'll probably be talking about it on the show soon but that's up there you can find a lot of other resources up there as well and the more time i have to write stuff for over there the more we'll be over there um there's a lot of stuff i really want to get over there 
But you can also find links to our social media accounts there, including my Twitter account. I'm Wisdom Cries Out on Twitter. And Twitter's probably the best way to get in touch with me because I almost always have the Twitter app open. Um, anyway, until next time, let us pray. May God bless you and keep you. And may you hear wisdom's cry. Bless you, my sisters and brothers, until we next meet again. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen.